Super Senpai Podcast. Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a weekly, episodic, tokusatsu-related podcast where we'll fight you if you diskaiju. you. I'm Pat. <laughs> I'm Grant. <laughs> we're, we're experimenting with new rhymes. We hope you enjoy them. Um, and with us this week, uh, just to add something confusing because it's an audio format podcast uh, and we already have someone named Pat, please welcome a good buddy of the show, Pats. Hello, here I am. Also named welcome, Pat. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> but to be clear uh you're pats and i'm just pat no plural no z i i am many pats yeah so so but it's even more confusing in japan because they don't have the z at the end so uh they just call it pat over there i think right yeah uh, so this is like a dragon ball dragon ball z situation it gets very complicated <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but no we're really glad to have you on uh been on uh your show before and uh really like a lot of your work and you're just a cool dude in general so uh it's nice to have you on talking about a show that also has like two reds so i guess the confusion is just spilling across the line between fiction and reality here <laughs> i mean yeah it's oh, good boy. to be on with you guys i'm excited to talk about uh all the reds <laughs> so uh tell us a little bit about some of your background with tokusatsu I mean, like, I'm the generic kind of answer for this kind of stuff. I liked Power Rangers and robots as a kid, so I always kind of had, like, an affection for that stuff. And as I've gotten older, I've kind of dabbled in it a bunch, but I've never been a super hardcore tokusatsu guy. I've talked to you about this before, Grant. Like, Kamen Rider Forze is my favorite tokusatsu show ever mm. uh anything excellent choice because it's brilliant on a million levels uh but beyond that like my relationship with super sentai outside of power rangers has been kind of just sporadic stuff that stood out to me and i try it out watch like a couple episodes and either stick with it or fall off the train real quick mm. Especially with modern Super Sentai, I, I feel like I've struggled to really uh, get kind of hooked on any of it. Like, the last show before this that I watched any serious amount of was, uh, I guess, Go Busters. Oh, that's been a few years. And that was 2012, maybe? 2012, I guess? I mean, that's about right. Yeah, it sounds, so it's been a few years. Yeah, so it's been a few years since I really watched much Super Sentai. I was really interested in the last one, the space one whose name always escapes me um uh, q q ranger, q ranger right? yeah yeah after seeing enough like less than stellar responses to it it didn't really suck me in mm. which is interesting and actually kind of a very similar reaction that i've had to lupin ranger so far so i'm i don't know how into the weeds we want to get into that yet but that's kind of my relationship with toku is i've dabbled in things i love common rider forze I love Kamen Rider Build. I liked uh, Kuga at the time. I have the only like old show from that I'm a big fan of is uh, V3, which I watched mm. thanks to the, uh, what is the name of the company? Um, Kikaido Generations or something like that, right? Right, right. The guys out of Hawaii that put it out mm -hmm. on DVD. 
Oh, boy. That show's great. It's fantastic, and I love it, uh, but I haven't really given much older stuff a watch beyond that. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of where I am with Toku. Okay, so you're a little you're a little more mixed, uh, other than a few real big standouts, as opposed to some of the diehards we've had on. Uh, yeah. Like Pat, singular Pat and myself, uh, who, who are more mm-hmm. uh, uh, true believers, as it were. So you say you're a little lukewarm on the show so far? Yeah, I mean, I aesthetically, it's one of the best looking ones I feel like I've seen in a long time. Mm. Probably since Go Busters, honestly. Um, it's got a really, really great look to it. I love the costumes for both sides. Mm-hmm. I think they're fantastic. Like the, especially the, the, the Lupin Ranger ones. I really like those mm. a lot. But there's something about the acting in the action too if i'm if i'm being brutally honest that i'm not as excited about and i think what really hurts the show for me uh for what i kind of am coming to these things for is i'm watching it at the same time as common writer build uh. <laughs> and i think that hurts this show a lot at least for me because build is so good the acting from just the leads is fantastic, generally speaking, mm, especially really for one is. of these shows. Like it's, it's really, really good. Um, the suit acting is really good. The, the fight scenes are really well choreographed and the, the, the plotting is insane for one of these shows. <laughs> yeah. If I'm being honest, like it, yeah. uh, I can gush about that show forever. This show, the one that we're actually talking about, I feel like is struggling in a lot of those exact same areas. I feel like a lot of the actors are kind of lukewarm, especially Lupin Red. He just does nothing for me. And I think that's a big part of the problem for me. I love uh, the Red Pat Ranger. I actually can't remember his name. Uh, I love him. But beyond like him and then Lupin Blue, the rest of them kind of don't do much for me, at least at this point, Mm. acting wise. And then if I'm talking about Fight choreography, I think the antagonistic relationship between the Pet Rangers and the Lupin Rangers makes the fight choreography kind of a mess. Hmm. Because hmm. everything is a three-way fight. Because there's the uh, the ganglers, there's the Lupin Rangers, and then there's the Pet Rangers, and they're all fighting each other at the same time. Right. And I feel like it makes a lot of the fight choreography hard to follow. Hmm. All right. That's at least where 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 I've kind of ended up with it. I didn't I wasn't planning to come on here and just be Mr. Downer on this show. <laughs> um, no, it's good. We, we need I mean, part of the, the joy of having multiple guests on is to have different perspectives. And obviously, I don't share those opinions. I enjoy the sort of the chaotic nature, I guess, because from my own perspective, even though I love Sentai and stuff like that, a lot of times big team fights, they almost feel maybe JRPG like is what I'm looking for, where you have just two sides lining up and throwing special attacks. So mm. having a little more chaos in the mix, I think, works for me. I think you're right. It is harder to follow. But I guess for me, that's a feature, not a bug. But no, it's good. I mean, we want people to be on that don't feel the exact same way about the show so that we can convert you. That's the point. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> or I mean, or you know, just I think I, I welcome the discourse of it. You know, we ha- it's worthwhile either having to defend our position or, you know, just accept or concede that there's things about it that uh, not everyone's going to like. That's okay. Right. Right. For now. Definitely. We're just going to tell him that up front. (laughs) Whoops. My bad. (laughs) But no, uh, we are glad to have you here and we're excited to watch this one with you. And hopefully by the end, I brought you over to the magic that is uh, uh, Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger. But I also agree having uh, myself working through 
uh, Build in the background. That Build is a very, very strong show that is um, tearing up a lot of the script for these types of things. Like it feels very much like it's like, well, this is the last one before Heisei's done. Let's just just pull out all the stops. So I can I can see that being a, a hindrance for this show. <laughs> and I, I am 100% confident in the idea that it'll happen exactly like it did with Forze for me, where I'm in love with this show and then just don't touch anything else again for a long time. It could be it. <laughs> because that's exactly what happened with Forze to me, was mm. I loved that show so much. The other problem was they followed up Forze with Hot Garbage uh, in Wizard, which like... Oof was a problem like one show brought me in and the other one scared me away again <laughs> and what i'm basically saying there is i don't expect them to follow up build in any like something to that same caliber because when you produce a show like this at this level it takes a lot out of you and to follow it up immediately the next year isn't easy right yeah i feel like they're gonna have to do something either like drastically different or like just a crazy pedal to the metal anniversary series or just end of the era new era series like i don't know what they're gonna do but I, i'm also kind of excited to yeah. see what they do i'd be really curious to see the kind of tone they go because i think and i know you've experienced i know we've talked about it at some point grant the experience of watching that show and going wait this show's for children right <laughs> yeah right because <laughs> it has that tone to it mm -hmm. but that's part of why it's so good is that it has that tone to it, and it doesn't feel like tonal whiplash when it does the fun stuff, too. Right, exactly. Yeah, mm, It's very mm -hmm. much all in all the time. Anyway, build is great. Let's talk about <laughs> Super Sentai, right? <laughs> right. So, before we get into uh, talking about episode 11 of Lupin Ranger vs. Bat Ranger, we don't often do the news just because we're a weekly show, and sometimes there's not always, like, we don't want to become, like, you know, digging around for news every week, but if something big happens, we do like to talk about it. Uh, and this time we do have something kind mm. of big to announce, and that is that uh, Common Rider Amazons is available on Amazon Prime. This was a 45th anniversary series to, to as a I'm not sure if it's a direct sequel. I know it's a, to celebrate the anniversary of Common Rider as a whole, uh, but is a uh, I think it's a reimagining or like a remix of the original Common Rider Amazon, which had a very violent reputation. This was I believe co-produced with Amazon, the company. Yeah, it was like it went direct to like Amazon Prime. Over right. There. And we don't always I mean, the thing is, like, this is not the first time that uh, Toku has been available on a Japanese platform, but it certainly is uh, one of the first times that that has popped over on our end as well. Um, and now I think for a number of reasons, you could be skeptical of the importance of this news. It's just a, a streaming thing. Amazon was involved, so of course they're going to want to stream it or whatever. I'm sure you could tick off a number of, of asterisks to this to make this not that big of a deal. And all that being said, though, this is legally available streaming Common Rider in the U.S., and that's a big deal. Uh, and I believe in the U.K. as well, and maybe a few other territories. I know it's at least in, in a, a fair portion of the English-speaking world just from being in the U.S. and the U.K., but... The fact that we have legally available Common Rider basically means that we currently have legally available Ultraman, Super Sentai through Shout Factory, Ultraman being through Crunchyroll, and Common Rider through Amazon, which means that the big three series for Toku, for Japanese Toku, are legally available in some form right now. And that's kind of a big deal. And even if, I think from my perspective, obviously Amazon was involved in funding this, so of course you can say, well, they just had to flip a switch and now it's available in the U.S. market or whatever. Well, it, I mean, it's worth noting that it's like they dumped 
six Japanese shows that they were involved mm. in producing on English Amazon right. all at once. So it's an, it, it was part sure. of that big wave of doing a bunch of these. I get your point, and you're not wrong, that this is a modern common Rider show being put up officially mm-hmm. for streaming anyway. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. I just, uh, from my perspective, even if the, the amount is much lower because they were involved in the production, we all know the way these licensing and streaming things go region to region, that even though it was probably just on the server end, it was probably just a flick of a switch type thing, like add this to this you know, the U.S. category and U.K. category and, and you're good, it probably involves some money exchanging hands at some point to say, well, if you want to sell it in this region, pay a little bit extra or whatever. You know, these region things, there's always money involved. There's always rights talks involved. And at some point, somebody said, we want included in the deal the ability to stream Common Rider in U.S. Like, that's, to me, that's a significant, like, somebody at some point had to make that decision. That's not an accident. Yeah. I mean, like, Amazon probably has that, like, standard issue in all their contracts for this kind of stuff i'd be willing to bet but just choosing to flip that switch says that they said like all right this is actually worth bothering with or like you know paying for subtitles right, to be exactly. produced like thinking about it as anything that actually matters right. and not just well we produced this thing over there whatever for that matter it's it's not like it went up there straight the show's from the show started in mm-hmm. 2016. It's been over for a year in Japan. Like the the finale came out like a year ago. So it's not like it's like they're just dumping it because they've just produced it. They chose at this point to put right, it Right, ex- and exactly. And that's that's the the thing that I guess that is important to me is that somebody somewhere said, "Hey, we need to do this in the US too because this isn't the first time um certainly that Toku has been on like a Japanese Amazon streaming service and didn't come over here." I don't know if Amazon was involved in the production, but I know Ultraman Orb, the origin saga, that was on Japanese Amazon Prime, but we didn't see it over here. If Amazon wasn't involved in producing it, that, you know, obviously muddies the waters a little bit, but whatever the context, Common Rider was brought over here, and hopefully that means that that may herald future things, you know, I mean, who knows? At the very least, I think it'll mean the second season of it, because mm. I believe there's two seasons. Yeah, we only um, got the first season right now. Because it's two 13-episode seasons. Yeah, and then there's a movie that's coming out later this year, I think, to really wrap things up. I'm not sure about the details of it. I remember hearing about it in about 2016 when I heard that Amazon was producing it. And there was some murmur of it being uh, subtitled and brought over Mm. here back then. Um, I don't remember what the source is on this, but I remember seeing something like that. I definitely remember that, too. Okay, great. I'm not crazy. I I would bet, I would assume that what that was is people going, like, assuming by default, well, Amazon's producing that, obviously, they'll just put it up everywhere. Right. Because they and Netflix more or less do do that most of the time. Right. When they when they. Oh, and that's just it, though. Like, the weird thing about these streaming sites is it's never as simple as it seems, I guess. Like, a lot of times you're like, well, why wouldn't they just all the time? But they don't all the time. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's for me, this is obviously it's a very it's kind of opaque. Like there's no there's no real specific way to know how or why or how much thought they put into the position into this or whatever. But the simple fact of the matter is common writer in some form is legal available over here and it's not masked writer. You know, <laughs> like we have you know, right now actual mm. common writer actual Super Sentai, and actual Ultraman legally available for streaming in some way, shape, or form that's not, like, locked behind a double paywall. The streaming options are there. Like, that's, I think that's important enough to note because I don't think it's ever happened before. So, no. But, hmm. 
You can still go pay $150 and buy Common Rider V3 on DVD, <laughs> oh, though. Stop the podcast. Uh, I'm running out to do it right now. Because <laughs> V3 is awesome. But having a modern show, not from the <laughs> 70s, on streaming service. And it's like the, you know, mature one that they produced, for that matter. It's just on Amazon. Right, yeah, that's the... Because the, the original Amazon... Everyone the original should just Amazon go watch that. quite violent and was it stopped due to its violence is that that's what i've heard but i don't know if that's apocryphal uh, i wouldn't be surprised uh do we have any predictions or any hopes for episode 11 before we get into it i'm feeling like we got a tiny little bit of uh cowboy absolute zero last time and i feel like that just means we're not gonna get <laughs> any more for like another five episodes oh they're they're gonna make you wait on that guy forever. yeah mm-hmm yeah that we got is i was actually surprised by the amount of him we saw in mm. this past episode because mm-hmm. it was just like that they showed us his like actual gangler form yeah. surprised me right they did they didn't <laughs> keep teasing that i'm gonna go back to wishing for or hoping to see a double fusion attack just because that's i just want to see it well within your rights to wish that yeah yeah i mean i can't think of much else like i don't think i watched the preview for this we never next do one. so is there one <laughs> Yeah, we usually skip them. Yeah, I do too. And I feel like we got so much plot in the last two episodes that I'm like expecting very mm. little with this yeah, one. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think I'll just go back to my usual wish of more hard suits. Always want to see more hard suits. <laughs> All right. Well, boys, we're ready to spool this one up. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, I'm with that. This and we're back that was an interesting one this time uh, yeah to say the lots least. of surprises lots of surprises yeah it was uh <laughs> not expected for sure <laughs> yeah as a quick aside i think that it could have gone really, really bad with how they presented some of the things that happened, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, let's do a quick recap, and then we'll we'll dive into that. Yeah, um, so just, it opened with a fake movie that they were shooting that was their sort of through line for the episode. Um, one of the people uh, involved in the production for this, like, fake, or this Pat Ranger movie that they were shooting was a gangler in disguise named uh, known as Pitchcock, uh, which ended up being the cameraman and not the director like we all thought um they while the you. yeah they really they really got us um <laughs> while the lupon rangers were trying to figure out who it was at the same time and also uh gr- make sure that they got the item before the pet rangers destroyed it we had uh, a bit of a gender bender episode um which we'll get into in a little bit uh more on sakio's backstory and sort of why he wanted to become a uh, part of the global police and uh finally it wrapped with um a Lupin Kaiser, Lupin Kaiser taking the helm and uh, knocking, really knocking the giant Pitchcock out, out of orbit, I guess. I don't really know how else to put it. Yeah, I think that's just about what we saw. Yeah, uh, so uh, definitely the two big themes here were Pitchcock's ability to uh, swap the genders of the Rangers, and then the other element being sort of the film, movie, kind of thematic elements. This one's sort of tough. I mean, I, I can't speak for anyone else on the show, but for myself, uh, you know, I, I being able to speak with any authenticity on uh, trans identity or gender dysphoria or anything like that, I don't have the expertise to do so. Right. Um, so that's everything, you know, in, in any reaction to this episode along those lines has a huge asterisk next to it. I'm you know, doing the best I can here. 
that being said, I think, uh, like you were saying, Pat, I think it could have gone a lot worse. Mm. It's it was definitely nowhere near as bad as it that could have been. Yes, like I, I, I think that is true. I think it still went for every dumb, lazy gag that every one of these goes for. And for that, it's like uh, it's kind of groany, you know, like every boob grab, every like checking their genitals, all that kind of stuff that you would. Right. That's not great. Like, is mm. you know, not that great, like in there. But yeah, it definitely could have been way worse. Right. I, I think the flip of it is that at least Saki, uh, I think he sort of redeems a fair amount of it because he his objective pretty much remains the same throughout. They don't do anything like, oh, you know, I'm less powerful now or or differently powered. Like gender is just a it's obviously disruptive to them because it's a surprise. But otherwise, all they're they're just as competent and capable as they were before. They do all the exact same things. Yeah. The, in the, the most that it is disruptive is in like, oh, the chest in my costume is tighter now. Like, that's the level of disruptive it is to them as, like, police officers having to perform their duty. Mm -hmm. To them as characters, it's played differently, but, you know, it it doesn't, yeah, like you said, depower the men because they're now women or anything like that. Right. And uh, Sakia, in particular, seems to pretty much just roll with it and embrace it. I mean, again, it's, it's definitely played for laughs quite a bit, but... It's not as bad as it could be, and I think the general tone is, you know, we're still police officers. His motivation is still to complete the movie no matter what challenge because he admires the both of them so much and sees them both as, like, heroic characters. So the, I guess the gender swapping, it's there, and the comedy elements are there, like the time where he, like, pushes the Polverman into his chest or whatever, and there's the big hearts, and, like the, you know, that kind of stuff is, again, groany and not great, but at the same time, like, they don't really, I don't know, his, his overall objective is still to, and, and the whole team's is to succeed, and they don't, that doesn't, it's really more of a, it's a disruptive in a sense of like, oh, this is suddenly happening to me, and it's obviously quite disruptive, but they pretty much get right back into the fighting, and get right back into doing what they're doing, so, you know, again, I would was like, oh no, it definitely like was, was tensing for this episode, and I'm, again, I don't think it necessarily hits the mark, but it doesn't feel super mean-spirited but i I don't again i don't know and i can't speak with with great authority on it i'd be curious to ask some friends of mine how they felt about this episode if they saw it. yeah i think it'll be really interesting to get like an actual uh, somebody who has that experience like understand or really i mean maybe of course they can't speak for everyone but to at least get that perspective on this because i mean while while it was sort of mm, I think I think we all went into this as soon as we saw that that was kind of happening. I I got a bit I got oh, nervous. No. I was I'm clen- I was tense and clenched up the whole time. I'm like, please, please uh, don't. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Right. <laughs> you know, there there's a part of me that's like, okay, so it it worked out better than I think any of us were expecting it to. It could have been way worse. We all agreed to that. Mm. Part of me was extremely disappointed that that ended up being the way the episode went. Because hmm. the opening of the episode is so good, and I loved it so much that I'd have liked to see them do almost the exact same premise, just cutting that aspect out of it and going more on the hamming it up acting aspect. Uh, yeah. So like, so the so like the kind of the cold open to the episode is like 
the the first scene of this propaganda movie they're producing for the global police mm. like it's like, got like great narration and it's the three of them in suits like walking towards the camera and beating up these actors that are playing as ganglers who are like in suits with black hats that looked super cool and that bit was awesome and i was like i was like yeah this is it this is the episode i've been waiting for something like this and right. then a couple minutes later, it takes that swerve and turns into this gender swap thing. And I'm like, oh, can we just do the and and it plays it does some stuff that's actually clever with that aspect. But I'd still rather have just seen them go whole hog on the on the film aspect of it. I want to say I really appreciate um, the actors sort of leaning into it. I don't know that this has happened before. I, 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 my limited Sentai experience, unfortunately, doesn't let me know if, if this kind of thing has been played up before or not. But um, I like that they leaned into it. I think there was a bit of discomfort. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is, it, 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 it's a difficult it is tough topic for us to talk, us to talk yeah. about. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I don't want to comment. I don't want to come off as too uneducated here. I mean, obviously, because I, I'm very, I feel, I feel very ignorant to the actual thing here. But I would, I want to say that they really rock their costumes. I would just say that please, listeners at home, realize that we are we are coming into this cautiously because we are a cognizant of our own ignorance here, and we're we're trying to tread lightly just because we understand uh, this is a very important topic to people mm. and us as well. So yes, yes. Yes. Sorry, like, please continue, Pat. <laughs> I agree with you. The actors lean into it really well. And they 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 own it in a way that makes it work on a level. They I do think the scene, so there's a scene a little more than halfway through where they redo the the opening sequence. But now all three of them have been gender swapped, so now they're all in different outfits. And the two uh guys that have been turned into girls are in like evening gowns. For some reason, and then the and then Sukasa, the the girl, turning guys in in a suit now, and they're they're it's the exact same sequence, but they're all dressed like that, and they play it in a way that's really clever because uh, you see Sakuya who's really owning it, and he's because he's super invested in the whole production and the idea right. of doing this movie. He's really owning it in that scene. But the other two are vis- visibly miserable and unhappy that they're doing this and that they're doing it again, dressed the way they are. Red, uh, Keichiro, is like visibly slumping and like very clearly like just miserable being there. And it, I really liked that bit of the performance. Like they performed really well with what they had it's just right. the thing they had the weird thing. and like part of me is like well the discomfort could be read as and this is again one of those things where i'm not sure to what degree my ignorance of the experience is coloring my perceptions of it but it's like on the one hand you could read it as this is really really great because they're the idea of you know being different genders and stuff like is portrayed quite negatively but at the same time you could read it as well gender dysphoria is a real thing and can be upsetting to people and then also Red, even though he's clearly not comfortable with it in the beginning, by the end, he's all in. He's like, no, this is actually really great. And he's really proud of the final product they've made. And he's very much like uh, Pat Red is kind of owning it. Yes. So and even though Pink is still this like it's so it's not I don't think it's a it's it's tough. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very tough thing to talk about, especially when I agree with you, Pat's. I think the movie element, I would have preferred that just almost be its own episode because I really like all the movie 
movie magic and the movie elements the idea that monsters are making like aware of and making films and stuff like i all of that i really enjoyed so i liked the the movie (laughs) the movie ganglers more than the regular ones the mooks (laughs) Mm. oh i don't know if i agree with that but i do like the movie the movie polderman yeah (laughs) Mm. i liked their those designs a lot they are good designs Kind of into the berets and scarfs thing myself, but yeah, I mean, no, I like those designs too. But I just really liked those movie character designs. It looked like they used uh, maybe some parts from was it the crows in um, Tokyujer? Um, I don't know if I've seen that episode of Tokyujer. The 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 mooks from Tokyujer, I think they're crows, right? They ha- they're all like touching their hats. Uh, I never watched any of Tokyujer. Oh, okay. I've seen gifts of the trains, and that's about it. All right. <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time for reused props, no. certainly. But I like the, I mean, anytime they kind of play up the actual fact that it's a show, I mean, there's not really an old Hollywood feel, but there's a bit of it, like with the villain being named Pitchcock instead of Hitchcock and that sort of thing, having a, a very, I like the sort of bait and switch on the overzealous director who you think is really the monster, but then isn't. And um, even though the gender swap power has obviously caused quite a bit of uh from us i really enjoyed the other power the monster had which was just to make everyone trip and fall down oh yeah so it seemed like if i got it right the the gender swap power was just a thing he can do and the 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 lupin collection power was the pratfall thing correct Hmm. i think that's that was the because i'm pretty sure he tried to do the gender swap thing again after they stole the lupin collection piece he did use it in the because uh, he the used kaiju, it during the kaiju the... fight. Yeah, yeah, it, and it sort of swapped air quotes swapped the gender of the blade weapon to a hammer, which I don't know how that works. Yeah, I mean, even the characters in the show went wait weapons have gender, which was just like <laughs> I wonder okay, if that's like a pun fine. thing, like on some level like that we don't get. Yeah, possible. Yeah, no way to know there. Uh, but I did really like the hammer. That hammer was great. Yeah, the shots yeah. that they had with the hammer were really, really fun. The the hammer was cool. I really dig that weapon a lot. It, also, it's a giant orange hammer. Yes, like Grant said during like as we were watching, it's like oh, it's Gal Gygar because like the Golion hammer is you know a giant <laughs> orange hammer too. So I'm oh, a big yeah. fan of giant orange hammers. Uh, so it was very cool <laughs> to see that. I was very excited for that weapon. And that was, honestly, the first part of that fight was one of the better, I feel like, fight scenes we've seen mm. with the robots at this point, with the hard suits. Like, I, Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. It was, it, it moved. That's been kind of the thing with the, the robots so far in this show. I feel like they're kind of stiff. That's a thing I've really appreciated since they've introduced the sword, is that uh, with uh, Lupin Kaiser, they're moving a lot more with the sword now, because they're actually, you know, swinging it around versus, you know, shooting guns or whatever like they were doing before. Yeah, I think the um, the thing with uh, Lupin Kaiser, or uh, Pat Kaiser, has been that uh, we, especially with the, was it the statue episode, we got quite a bit of kind of gunplay with ducking behind buildings and stuff. But Lupin Kaiser has been more stiff. But yeah, I agree with the sword and shield combo. It's been much more exciting and kinetic. And I always appreciate that. And then I got my wish. I got lots of good hard suit action. Oh, yes. Particularly appreciate that it was not just set in a city. They were actually fighting in the the movie set. Always a big fan of kaiju fights in settings that aren't just cities. I mean, I'm always a fan of kaiju fights, period. But I didn't really care for the, the spinny attack as much. But when he <laughs> when, uh, they when they dropped the hammer on the ground and it did that 
sort of uh, that line explosion. Earthquake shot. Really, really, yeah, that was a really, really good We should describe the spinning attack because it's like, so the finishing move for Lupin Kaiser with with the giant orange hammer, you're like, oh, he's going to throw the hammer at it or something because he starts spinning like crazy. And then, um, what's his name? The bad guy. Pitchcock. Pitchcock just runs into them. Yeah. And the hammer hits him. <laughs> it's like, what? What happened here? There's... <laughs> Why did you just run into a hammer? But, <laughs> but other than I mean, that, it was great. Aren't always the smartest. Yeah, team rocketed off. In yeah. Distance. He's just he's defeated. It's like, oh, everything's okay now. Oh, another thing. Uh, the it was funny that the the good striker was trying to decide who to work with, and the Lupin Rangers were just like, "Nope, you're working with us today." And I also appreciated the Lupin Rangers swinging around, uh, Pat, as you put it, Spider-Man Two style. Oh yeah, uh, just swinging around in the middle of the air. I, I found that because you can't make fun. them pratfall if they're swinging in the air. Mm, exactly. Tricked ya. Yeah, it, this episode actually extremely bums me out because. So much of it is what I've actually been waiting for from this show. Like, it's really fun in a way I've been looking for. And then it's, like, got this, like, this one of the, like, well, it's really the A plot of the sh- the thing is so tough to kind of, you know, deal with. That it's like, uh, why why did this have to be mixed in here in such a way like this? Because I'd have liked, because I liked so much of this episode and found it so much fun overall i mean it's it's one of those things too that and i i mean we have to we kind of have to keep coming back to it in a sense but like the fact that i mean it's the a plot of the episode like it's like yeah it really is and like on the one hand it's like i don't like how much of it's played for comedy the other the flip side of that too is that i mean of course you know this is not everything with the pat rangers just about has been played for comedy to some degree so it's not like all like they were serious up until now and then suddenly were comedic like they've kind of been the the joke team but then maybe we shouldn't have given them this episode that, you know, it's just it just makes it that much more complicated to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, do we have any more kind of final thoughts or observations before we get into Twitter questions? So do you guys like uh, Lupin Kaiser or Pet Kaiser more? Ooh, I like Pet Kaiser's uh, yo-yo weapon a lot. Like, it's probably one of my favorite weapons that I've seen. Like I said before, I'm, I'm keen on weapons that aren't guns or swords. Mm. And... They just, they have, the fact that their sword is, like, their new thing puts Lupin Kaiser just a little bit below. I mean, yeah, fine, they got the hammer, but Yo-Yo is, like, way above hammer for me. Like, mm. <laughs> that's that's just my feeling on it, though. For me, hammer is top tier. Well, I know, and then fine, but. I actually, like, I like them both, but I like, so I'm going to bring this aspect up. I like Lupin Kaiser's combination uh, sequence more Mm. something about it clicks with me better i don't know what it is i think it's the flying vehicles thing um Mm. and then (laughs) their theme song during the combination i think is the better of the two i don't know if i'm making controversial statements here or not but i i like that one more (laughs) so like i i have i think i like lupin lupin kaiser more they're also extremely similar in a lot you know because they have the same bass so right yeah Mm. I think that's an easy one for me to some degree because uh, it, I was pretty pretty much down the middle on both. But now that uh, Lupin Kaiser has the Goldian Hammer from Galgagar, I'm contractually obligated to prefer it. <laughs> it's been neck and neck so far, but I, I can't not now. 
I'm glad it's so easy for you. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see that one come back or how they explain that one coming back. Oh, yeah, because mm. it was a temporary switch. Yeah. Hmm. I guess we'll see when it shows up. Maybe they just use a different code on their dial and it turns into it or something. Or Good Striker can just make it happen on yeah. a whim. Hmm. That would be fitting with the show. All right, well, then let's get to these Twitter questions. Um, so for the first one uh, from Samuel Madness, good buddy. He says, oh, no, a Super Sentai team is coming to stop your nefarious plots. Pick two or three inanimate objects nearby that you think would create strong toku monsters for the Monster Maker. Very much a Finster reference here for our MPRs, you ranger mm. people out there. Mm. Well, if you know me, you know I like toy robots. So I happen to actually be <laughs> surrounded by toy robots at all times. Uh, so, like, that's a little unfair. So I don't know if I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to just say Gal Gygar because he's sitting right here. And I can grab him if I wanted to. Um, actually, okay, I've got a better answer, but give me one second and I'll, I've got a better answer for you. Okay. Oh, actually, okay. So, popular meme webcomic that everyone knows of the dog sitting in the burning fire, drinking coffee, saying, this is fine. I have the large, giant, plush version of him sitting right here. So I think he would make a very strong uh, monster or something to are we trying to destroy a robot or we, I, I actually can't remember which side we're on uh i mean obviously we're the yeah villains we're the villains here. <laughs> we're the villains here so i think he would be a very good villain because he is uh immune to fire and can just sit and let the world burn around him while drinking coffee <laughs> oh boy no matter what happens every super attack he's just like he can just fine. ignore <laughs> all of it <laughs> i would love to see this i would love to see that drawing that sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody on the internet draw that uh, for us. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think I have a pretty good one here. So I have some headphones nearby, and I think you could probably incorporate a headphone like Nunchucks theme, and it could be like wielding the headphones, like slinging them about and and battering the heroes with it, and then maybe like he could swing them around and like put them into the rangers' ears and, like, force bad music into their hearing and stuff like that. I think you could, you could play around with that theme, musical nunchucks. I would love to see that on the giant, too, just to just to really bring it right. in there. <laughs> uh, I, I know one item. We're supposed to pick two or three, or just one's fine, do you think? Cause... I think three for the whole team would be fine. If we go around again, we'll take Oh, forever. that's fair. <laughs> uh, okay, well, um, then easy peasy for me is this alarm clock that's sitting in front of me. Uh, the most powerful and evil device known to man uh because it <laughs> it dictates uh when i'm gonna have to get up and when i have to go to bed what 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 worse than a monster that rouses you from precious precious sleep so i'm thinking of like a giant alarm <laughs> clock monster here that'll gee um uh, some kind of uh, horrible sound waves i guess and then they have to either like hit the snooze or or like ultimately wake up and turn it off maybe he can like hit snooze on their attacks and like pause yeah them. yeah it's not, that's a uh, very evil <laughs> there's a darkness here <laughs> from our buddy ed the crimson uh since no descendants of lupon have shown up at this time and in light of his ability to disguise himself do you think kogare is a descendant of lupon and assumes the guise of a butler just to take the uh take the steam out of the lupon rangers and to keep tabs on them he claims he's serving some kind of descendant of lupon so he could be lying and he could actually be the one since he had that master of disguise moment but I imagine people who serve Lupin directly would have to have that kind of skill on them, maybe? I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either way, mm. I think. He's definitely lying about things. Right. 
What those specific things are, I don't know yet. We don't know yet. But he's definitely not telling the whole truth. It would not surprise me in the least if that's what we find out, is that he's actually the guy. He's actually Lupin himself. Yeah. <laughs> Making them do the dirty work. Not even an ancestor. Yeah, that, I mean, that also wouldn't surprise me, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I think it's very possible. I mean, I think we'll know uh, Kogure is a descendant of Lupin if he manages to steal the blockchain. I think that'll oh be God. the key. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're really dating these podcast episodes. You know that, right? <laughs> I know. I do it just because I like to. I mean, to be fair, we're watching we're watching them as they're released, so technically it's all dated. I mean, Fine. Well, actually. Um, and coming to us from Pablo KM, uh, what's your favorite slash best Toku-themed video game? And if you don't have one, describe the ideal game. Uh, I have one written down here. Okay, fire away. Um, so my number one uh, has to be Wonderful 101. Um, because while there are Toku games uh, like Beautiful Joe and, and even Chroma Squad, which one that, one, that one's like really close anyway. Um, I think Wonderful 101 did a really cool job of showing like a Sentai team moving at, in one because you sort of, uh, depending on whatever your attack is, you activate whichever member of your team. Um, but it really captured kind of like the silliness and the kind of like the plastic uh, rubber suit latex look to it, which is really, really cool uh, visually. Right. And then also a, a big part of the game is deputizing civilians and making them part of your giant mass of people, massive mass yeah i don't know how you describe it like the, the wonderful the, the 101, the 101 and the wonderful 101 is all of the people that you that join you and it's it's ridiculous and it's silly and it's great like they really like lean into the the tokuness of it i thought that was really cool mm. i mean i'm with you there i adore that game so you and i are you know two of the thousand people that played it <laughs> um and it's fantastic and it you know it's an obvious love letter to like tokusatsu and like costumed heroes from japan just in the same way that uh i mean like beautiful joe is too you know same guy uh yeah like Kamiya. They're, they're 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 both such good both of those are really kind of if you're looking for games that are tokusatsu styled uh and also good video games they're kind of like the long and short of the list i feel like right <laughs> right yeah like the other thing i would say is like i don't know like battle dodgeball is cool i think it has battle really dodgeball. cool sprites it's like a super nintendo um crossover game like there's a bunch of them there's the dodgeball game and a couple other ones um there's multiple battle dodgeball games and they have like is that like super dodgeball advance uh maybe oh okay i'll look into it Super Dodgeball is the um one that's uh Kunio themed, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Uh Battle Dodgeball is like a band presto thing, so it's got Gundams, Common Riders, and Ultramans in it. Whoa. Uh, the um, Ultramans. Yeah. <laughs> um so there's a bunch of those games, and they're, you know, okay. They're not oh. amazing, because none of the band presto games from that like Super Nintendo era are what I'd call amazing. But they they're really cool looking. They have incredible sprites for like all your favorite guys from that era. So you've got you got your Gundams, you've got whatever common riders were around at that time. Like it's always a random mix. You've got like black and stuff like that in there. They're really cool looking games. People should at least check them out for the cool sprites. Hmm. 
So I guess I'll be different just to be different. Be different. Um, you know, on the one hand, yeah, that's me. Uh, on the one hand, Beautiful Joe and Chroma Squad are both games I love very dearly. I've never played Wonderful 101, but that's because I haven't owned the Nintendo console in the better part of a decade. So I've I'm praying that it. they port it to the Switch. I don't think it'll happen, Same. but I'd love them to. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But the I'm going to go with kind of a nostalgia pick. I have very fond memories of playing the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game for SNES. It was kind of a side-scrolling uh, beat-em-up yeah, type thing. Yeah. I don't actually know if it's good. It's okay. I, I can't played say. it on a Twitch stream a while back. And it's hmm. okay. Oh. Yeah, I remember being it being pretty good. Like, not quite like Ninja Turtles 2 Arcade no. good. Yeah, it's not that level of good, but it's good. Yeah, it's a pretty good little game. And I remember really enjoying that. So I'll pick that just to pick that. But I also love Beautiful Joe and Chroma Squad. Those are, like, just... There were actually... I didn't even think about it. There were the actually glow. a bunch of pretty okay Power Rangers games in that time period. Because there's that one, there's a movie side-scrolling beat-em-up. There was a couple different versions. There was a movie one that was at least on the Genesis that I yeah, really I dug. Yeah. Did you ever play the fighting game? It was like a, there was, there were multiple fighting games, but there was one for the Genesis that was a, just a Mighty Morphin fighting game. And it was super so. clunky and weird. Uh, but it it looked really cool, though. The sprites are amazing looking. Uh, so I would, like, check it out just for that. And then there was a Megazord fighting game for the Super Nintendo that was also really cool. Well, that looking. sounds legit. I have a I have a weird I have a weird little aside about the Super Nintendo um, Power Rangers game. Um, so that would have been let's see, it would have been about two thousand, yeah, like uh, ninety nine two thousand. That I was at a friend's house and he was having like a birthday party thing, and it was supposed to be you know it's his birthday. You know we were there to hang out with him and and then you know whatever whatever birthday things are going on. But when I found out, because I didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up, uh, but when I found out he had that game, that's all I wanted to do. <laughs> it was like, I was like, oh my God, I don't have an opportunity to play this otherwise. And then I was just like, just trying to sneak off and play the game whenever they were doing stuff. I think I missed the cake and everything. Just, I was like, I need, I need to play this Power Rangers game because I heard it was good. <laughs> uh, clearly, I have a sickness. Clearly. clearly. That's okay. <laughs> it's a good sickness. Yeah yes <laughs> oh man oh i want to i want to mention this before before i forget it's not good there was a power ranger zeo pinball game for the playstation oh what a strange it is a very strange combination and it's not a good video game but i just wanted to mention it because it popped <laughs> into my mind and i played it at one point and it was extremely frustrating but it existed <laughs> Well, there's a thing that existed <laughs> and it was a mixture of things that should not have been mixed together but it existed <laughs> what ought not be uh even though it was a difficult one to to unpack uh pat thanks for being on to help us uh tackle it head on and definitely tell the people where they can find you at all the various things and places and stuff yeah sure do. i mean thanks again for having me on guys it was a lot of fun uh even if it was a tricky one to talk about uh you can find me i mean on twitter you can find me at pat's prime that's p-a-t-z-p-r-i-m-e and then the podcast is the cockpit which is at thecockpit.net and cockpit pod on twitter so that's really everywhere you can find me if you go to those places you'll see everything else i'm doing uh so yeah cool excellent yeah thanks again for having me on guys yeah, no problem thanks for tuning in to the super senpai podcast we'll notice you again next time super, super senpai, senpai podcast, podcast. <laughs>